When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to PPG Paints Arena, aka the Pittsburgh City Morgue at this point. Yeah, not not the greatest of games. Part she, team. She's Taylor Haas, I'm Dan Kovacevich. We're from DK Pittsburgh Sports. She's a lot younger than I am, so she doesn't know necessarily what this is like when the Islanders come into Pittsburgh. Whether it's that old place that was across the street or this one, some things just don't change. But, Taylor, you did cover the games in Long Island this year. It's stunning. These games are identical. These outcomes are identical. The way they've played out, even Brock Nelson, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, I, it, same thing where, you know, they, they played them. They should have won. One of those games on Long Island, the, the, the mood in the room was a little bit better because, you know, they were okay. They liked the way they played, but after you know so many times, they're not, they're not feeling quite as good about their game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. You could take probably, I would say, about 50 minutes of this game because I actually didn't have a problem with the first 10 minutes of the third period. I thought they were still coming. They had chances. Brian Rust had the big chance there. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, all right, they still have their legs. They still have their energy. They're still in this. And then, kaput. Everything just collapses. Yeah, yeah, they were playing well to start the third. Like you said, the the rust chance. I mean, they had a couple of chances. Rust, he had he had one kind of late in the third too, where you know he was right in the slot and just whiffed on the shot. Didn't even get it off. Yeah, yeah there there are a couple of chances where you know a goal could have been you know the difference maker, but they just couldn't get it. Oh, uh, if you're uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, first off, you're nuts to want to <laughs> to want to extend this conversation. Second, thanks for being here. Third. All you have to do is to to participate in this talk is to leave something in comments uh, with the YouTube. It's a super chat with Facebook. It's just a regular old comment underneath it. If you're watching us somewhere else, like Twitter or somewhere else, it doesn't work there. So you have to go to uh, YouTube or Facebook. Let's go with Ryan here to start us off. Says, hi, Dan. Hi, Taylor. Why can't the Penguins beat the Islanders? Need to beat the Rangers coming up. Well, Mike Sullivan was basically asked a version of that question <coughs> afterward, and that's always a tough one to answer because on one hand, you as a coach, you're preparing your team to outplay mm-hmm. the other team. You can't prepare them for an outcome, but you can prepare them to outplay them. Yeah, and on paper, it really doesn't. I mean, this Islanders team is not they're not great. Deep team. Yeah. I mean, they got Sorokin and you know they have they have they have their stars, but it, it, on paper this shouldn't be a team that keeps beating the Penguins the way they do. No, although you, to watch the Islanders from the Pittsburgh perspective, you would be convinced that both Brock Nelson and Anders Lee are like living legends. <laughs> you know, Mike asks, "Will this team ever find the clutch gear?" Geez, I mean, is it clutch that's missing, Taylor? I don't. I feel like there's a couple of things that are missing with this yeah. team. I, yeah. I mean, I, I see a power play that did nothing. In this yeah. game, not a uh, 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 thing. Not in this game. They haven't done I, anything in a while. I brought it up with Sullivan afterward. His response was, we're not changing a thing. Uh, we had the one power play. He brought up twice that they were out there for the first for the full two minutes. But overall, 
I thought it was interesting that he said that they have the top three expected goals in the league, which is, a, you know, it's a pretty common advanced stat, but you don't often hear like a head coach cite an advanced stat like that, at least not expected goals. And for him to say, you know, they're top three, which expected goals, just it's quantity of shot attempts and also quality. Yeah. Ones that should lead to goals. So like he, what he's saying is they're getting the chance. And they're, they're not finishing. Not going in. Yeah, they're not finishing. However, not finishing has been a problem yeah. for this team, including at five on five for about three years now. And my feeling is that the reason for that is that they no longer have a presence at the front of the net. So yeah. they don't get the trash goals. That's an actual issue, though. Okay, yeah. Jake Gensel is your net front guy. And while it was wonderful to see him score on the redirect there at five on five earlier, it's not a solution to your power play. You need to try something that's a little bit different here. Let's keep moving through these here. Uh, Steven says, uh, when are they going to change their overtime faceoffs? Carter cannot be out there ever. I know yeah. you have feelings on this. The, this is they did change this back around the time of it wasn't the Washington game. It was maybe two games before that. I want to say either New Jersey or Carolina. Um, Crosby was the guy that was out there. Crosby was something like two and eight and three on three faceoffs. Carter was perfect. Then they made the change. Um, where Carter gets out there, takes the face off, then gets right off. Um, he's not perfect still, but he's doing a whole lot better than any of their other options were at three-on-three. Three. So um, it, he's not holding the back. because If you watch him, he gets right off every time. When a team can play as good, as bad, or as possible, night in and night out, Justin asks, and never loses their roster spots, there's no urgency or drive, can you really blame them? You know what, Justin, this one – I, I didn't see a lack of drive, did you? I was ready. I was all over them the other night. Yeah, yeah. I don't see a lack of drive. Yeah, even right the bottom now. six, some of those guys that you know were obviously Jeff Carter's still not playing for eight. But. However, your broader point about a lack of accountability, yeah. I mean, Jeff Carter's still taking a regular shift out there. There's there's no accountability. Forwards, so. You know? What are, what are Phillips? I have an answer. Right here? Yeah. Uh, Philip asks, can we, for the love of God, just find a way to keep up Alex Nylander? Also, why is it that a guy like Brock Nelson kills us every year? She'll so, take Nylander, yeah, Nylander first. I put up an exclamation on the live and on Twitter if you didn't see it. But basically, teams have, from the trade deadline to the end of the regular season, you have four standard recalls. Nylander was on emergency recall. They could have converted him to a standard recall. But so the Penguins, they only have three because he was one on O'Connor. That would have taken them down to two. Nylander would have had to go down when Palin comes off long to wire, which can happen as soon as Saturday. Um, that that would have been their only option. They could not have done anything else. It's not like, well, they waived this guy. That would have they would have had to do that. And then you can bank cap space for it, it would have been maybe a week depending on when Palin comes back. Then you can bring Nylander back up. But then that would have been another one of your standard recalls. Then you're down to one standard recall for the rest of the season. And you got a month left. No, I would have been okay not, with that though. One standard recall yep. for a month left. Absolutely. No, well, no, but when you don't have to use two, when you can just wait until you activate Paling, bake the gap space, and then you can afford Nealander for make, the rest of the season. Right. I can make the argument, though, that there's not a game that's left on their schedule that was going to be as important as this one. This is the team that's right there with them. This is the other wild card team that's in the equation in the East, and you need to start playing well at some point. You know Nylander has played well enough to deserve staying up, so just leave him. <laughs> then he, then you don't have to have a second recall well, or anything. No, I hear what you're no, saying. But then what, what would you do when, when Palin comes off of long to my eye? I'm not worried about it. No, I'm worried he, about beating the Islanders. He has to go back down. So. 
Uh, it's either him or O'Connor, and O'Connor would need waivers. Yeah. So, well, they also can waive other people. No, they can't. Not this time of year. Nope. Because you they can't waive anybody. They, the only players eligible to go down, uh, would have had to be on the trade AHL roster at the time of the trade deadline, which is why they papered O'Connor down. Mm-hmm. I so remember only that. O'Connor yep. and Nylander at this point are eligible to go down. So those were your only two options to go down. So basically, all of the bungling that occurred occurred beforehand. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like maybe right. if you could, you could have like waved. I don't know, so like a Heinen earlier, but that that makes that all makes perfect sense. Yeah. I still hate all of it. Uh, Daniel says thanks for asking Sullivan about the power play, but no changes when we don't convert again. What's our power play percentage since January one? Well, you just heard Taylor relay what what Sullivan said in terms of expected goals for. And again, I go back to what it is that coaches prepare for. They prepare for this. Isn't hockey? This is every sport. They try to give their team the best possible percentage. Is when when it comes to hockey, they're looking to create shots and high quality chances. They can't put the puck in the net for them. However, my counter to that again is that if you're having trouble finishing, what's a solution for that? Hint: It's been a solution since the early 1900s. Okay, dog sled hockey across Canada. You put somebody in front of the net, and you have them go at it here. Uh, Brandon asks thoughts on Tristan Jari's play. Uh, I thought he was moving funny on his on the first goal. They mm-hmm. let you know, it's so hard. I, I doubt he's 100%. I, I doubt he's 100%. But, I mean, you, you just look at the way when he dove on that first goal, it, it just felt like he was moving awkwardly. I thought he was fine otherwise. I mean, he's still not playing, I think, at the level you need him to be. But I, know, I, I feel like he's playing hurt. You have ample opportunities to win the game. Yeah. Um, and all he had to do the rest of the way was to make a single save. Mm-hmm. Uh, once once you're up 4-2, we can all blame Drew O'Connor for his penalty or Jeff Carter for the high stick and whatever else here. Ultimately, you got to make some saves. If he's out there between the pipes, he's well enough to play, according to the Penguins medical staff. No one's 100% this time of year. I am increasingly having no use for this player. I, I really, I just, one way or another, I don't think there's a W in this for him. Because if he sits out now this time of year, you know, then it's Jari's hurt again. Um, if it's him giving up goals like he did tonight, then he's just not very good. But ultimately, the best goaltenders in this league are at their best right around now. Yeah, and they don't have cap space to recall a third anyway. So. Oh yeah, you're stuck with what you have here. That, no, that's one I'm, area. No, but I'm saying, like, even if he were to take like a couple games off, not going long to my R, you well, they would have to play a game short. And then you could call up. Yeah, Greg says the Islanders have been a thorn in the Penguins' side for 50 years. It's only 40, Greg. There's no reason to make it worse. It started in 1980. There was a time there where the Penguins were actually a thorn in the other direction. But for the most part, the Islanders have been – I rode the elevator down with Butch Goring because it sounds like you go way back here. You'll remember he was part of the Islanders' dynasty from 80 to 83. And I said something to him. I said, did you notice how the crowd tightens up when it's the Islanders? The crowd's just sitting there waiting for David Volick to come flying down the right side. And it happens. It happens every bleeping time. Uh, Mandy is here, and she asks, how can they not see how much more production PP1 had while Petrie was up because Tanger took a puck to the face or not putting Zucker up there? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd like to see Zucker because we, we haven't seen Zucker up there at all. I'd just no. like to see it. You know who else would like to see it? Zucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, yeah. Zucker. Yeah, no. Zucker has made the joke like when they score a morning skate, he's been like PP one, PP one, meaning his unit. 
he's saying his unit is PP1. So. But Mandy, your point about Petrie is, well, you saw it. Yeah. You saw what it looks like when Petrie's out there. Petrie in Tampa might have been the best player on either side. And as soon as Tanger came back out there, you didn't even see Petrie again. Why? Got to stay with the guys. Got to stay with the guys here. Um, this looks like it's from Laurie. I, I understand why Nylander was demoted. He has to go back to the AHL and work on turning 30 before Sullivan will play him. See, that took me he, way too he, long he to like anticipate not that. A young player. People, there's this, it's, it's a tired narrative. I think the Sullivan hates young players. I had someone tweeting at me like, oh, Sullivan needs to call the young guys like Nylander, Kajula. Kajula is like 30 years old. It's not. Yeah, most, there's not a wealth of, spots, of youngsters down there. No, there's there. not. And most of the, the yeah, Nylander, what, he has like two NHL seasons. Well, he's played like 80 total games. He's 25. Like, he's not, he's older than some of the guys we've seen up here. But not to give them the benefit of the doubt to rewrite history here, they're the ones that created this situation. Yes. They're the ones that created. I'm not, I'm not even going to blame them for Wilkes-Barre lacking talent because that's something that really did predate them for the most part. Okay, Jim Rutherford traded away every draft pick in existence. Yeah. However, when you look at their situation right now, the fact that Nylander, Valtteri Pustinen are not up here, that's on them. That's on them. Regardless of what their circumstances are right now, they should have found a way months ago to have those players up here because this ain't it. Josh. Right here? Yep. Josh says they need to buy out Carter in the offseason. Uh, Carter is on a 35-plus contract, which comes. means there's no cap relief to be gained from a buyout or early retirement. And obviously, he's on the no-movement clause, which means he can't be trade demoted to the minors. There's literally no way to get rid of him unless he gets hurt and has, like, a host of season-ending injury, which he isn't, he's not injured, so... Uh, Tony asks here, two guys behind the goalie in OT, or you mean behind the defense in OT. Uh, my gosh. Actually, Tony, in three-on-three, three, that's not all that uncommon. No, and you know? they're over, they've been really good in overtime as of For late. a while now, yeah. I mean, they, they were obviously pretty, very bad for, like, the first couple months of the season or overtime, but they've, they've really turned it around. I don't, I don't know their record recently off the top of my head, but they've been winning more often than not, so I'm not really concerned about overtime. Uh, Jay says here, 10 minutes left. I thought this was one of their best games of the season. I thought it was their best first 40 minutes since that pre-Christmas game against the Rangers. And and then it wasn't. So it, it doesn't count. So we're still looking back at December for whatever it was that, uh, that happened here. Uh, Eric says, power play since January 1st is 18.6%. Not great. It's not great. That's also not awful. What makes the power play seem like it's, it's sucky is that they – they got real streaky there for a while. Yeah. They got real hot, and then nothing. And also, their power play is way more effective against crappy teams than it is against good teams. Uh, let's get to take a couple more here today. Uh, Mike says, 12th straight, where is it here? 12th straight loss to a Metro team not named the Blue Jackets. Very damning. I hadn't realized that. That's not true. No? Didn't they just beat a Metro team? The Blue Jackets. Well, he says not named Blue Jackets. So okay. it's easy to forget they're in the Metro. They're so far out of and it. They're undefeated when you don't count any other losses this season. What's that? It's not, not named Blue Jackets. Okay, and they've won all their games this season that they haven't lost. Oh. You can do that with any stat. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess here. Gary says Petrie should be the yeah. the number one. Jonah says, why can't we get bodies in front of the net when it matters? Who, Jonah? Who yeah, are you sending there? They don't have a Hornquist anymore. No, no. You know who likes to go to the front of the net, though? Well, Terry Pustinen. Does it instinctively. Every time I've seen him. Well, he's in the Ovechkin No, no, no. He is. You're talking about the power play. Yeah. I'm talking about five on five. He instinctively backs up in front of the net here. I know what you're talking yeah. about. He sits in the left dot on the power plays yeah, where he gets most move. of his goals. But I don't know if Jonah was talking about the – he didn't yeah. mention power that play. Power play, Pustin in his office is the left circle, fired off yep. one-timers, like yep. a little finish of action. It's funny. The, the peng, the, they just had their dad trip. They had a dad skate. Pustin and his dad were just feeding each other one-timers, the whole dad skate, because that's what he does. Mark says you can't score on a power play if you don't shoot the puck. And there's been some shooting, and it's just, just there's nobody there. You know, there's nobody there to do anything yeah. with it here. Steven, this is a good one for you. Uh, wants to know who would you take between Kulikov and and P.O. Joseph? Joseph. Why? I don't think the Kulikov root pairing's been great. No, it's only been two games. They really yeah. haven't had a ton of practices. I saw together. some little things I liked, but I, yeah. he's also he's learning his way. It's a really hard one to answer. It really is. I mean, give Kulikov a few more games, see how he fits with Ruta. But um, I like I like Joseph, and I don't know, think about the future. Kulikov's a pending free agent. Joseph Young. Yeah, I take him. Yeah, Jonah asks. Uh, my frustration wasn't the overtime, the great stick by the goalie. I just don't understand why the back end can't hold their own for one period. Now, you're talking, obviously, about the third period. And when you look at the breakdowns in the third period, like, for example, you and I were talking about the, uh, what's his name, new guy, Mikhail Granlund, losing track of his man uh, on what I believe was a t- – no, the that, I forgot that fourth – fourth liner guy whose name I already forgot before Fadson or Hudson or something Hudson, Hudson fashing. fashing yeah <laughs> sorry fashing family but the fact is uh, Granlin shouldn't be left back there yeah that that's you know there's all kinds of things that go wrong whenever there's one forward chasing another forward in front of your own net um, this would probably be the hardest question to answer without having had the opportunity to sit there and really look at the film and everything that happened here, if you the way our jobs work, everything's moving real, real fast. The last five, 10 minutes running downstairs to the locker room and everything else. So I apologize that we don't have a great answer uh, for that one here. Let's go with, with one more here. Uh, I saw one about Carter and a brain cramp. It gives us a chance to discuss that a little bit. Carter's brain cramp from Clint Novak. On playing the high stick puck instead of letting it go was awful. He gifted the Isles a defensive zone faceoff. What's your view on that? Yeah, I don't know if it was just like an instinctive thing where just in the moment, um, just like his brain camp cramp wasn't thinking. But because um, I mean, if he can catch, just catch that puck on his stick, then it's not. But I, yeah, I just think in the moment. Well, the high stick. This is one thing that I did here downstairs. The high stick was called by the linesman who was right there near Carter, was on that side. And it was called on Carter. Mm-hmm. He made a really neat, like, like uh, deft play to hit the puck with his stick. However, they ruled it to be a high stick. So he's chasing the play up the rink. And apparently, according to somebody downstairs, the linesman is yelling at him, high stick, high stick, high stick. So that, And that's a fair thing. That's not them trying to help you out because they know that that player – isn't in a position to be looking around for official signals. All officials will do this. It's good officiating, okay? 
Now, whether or not Carter heard it, whether or not he was drowned out by the crowd thinking, here we go, we're going to end this game right now, we don't have that answer. You know why we don't have that answer? He wasn't in the locker room. He's not in the locker room ever. He's always the first one out. talked maybe like three times since December. Once in L.A. doesn't count because he came out to see his L.A. buddies. Once in L.A. doesn't count. Um, he's talked twice since then, and to his credit, they were after bad game. It's not like he scored or did something good. Gary <laughs> yeah, says, I mean, the entire arena knew it was a high stick. Not true. I didn't. I didn't. And I put in our live file, I put on Twitter, I'm blasting Carter for missing the net. And I was like, oh, no. And I had to go and recant it and everything. So not everybody knew. But apparently Carter did know. Listen, guys, thanks so much for being part of this. Appreciate it. And uh, I can't believe you watched a video about this game. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why did you do that? We'll do another one of these on Saturday.